2: This is Action
0: Sports Jacks on ESPN 690 with Brent Martineau and Austin Lane. Welcome back, everybody. Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. How about this? Sean Wade, who is a Jacksonville guy, is Trinity Christian, former Friday Night Blitz player of the year, by the way. Now one of the top 15 players, probably in college football, be a first round draft pick in next april's draft assuming it's in april but i think it will be in april uh for the nfl and earlier this week we discussed this a little bit on the show already this week but sean wade opted out or at least there was word that he was opting out well now the big 10 says hey we're going to play ball in late october so now sean wade may be opting back in and that's fine that's up to him i just found it really interesting uh this isn't a knock on sean i just it's amazing where we've come and gone, and, and the attention on some of this stuff. I just read the title of this. I was like, wow, this is pretty wild. Uh, Ohio State quarterback Sean Wade reportedly will make his announcement on whether to return to the Buckeyes or remain opted out live on ESPN at 5 o'clock today. Hmm. Now we have live news conferences of college athletes opting in or opting like out. It's that. like, that. Is this like I mean, National Signing Day over again. <laughs> it's like signing day. It's like national I mean, day. <laughs> it is... Go ahead. It's sorry. it's amazing. Like I'm not even really criticizing it. I'm just saying. I am, Brent. I am. Yeah, I'm, I'm criticizing. Uh, that's. Don't you think though? Is it? Do you think it's more the player side or do you think it's the us side? It's the ESPN side. It's a. I don't say us ESPN. I'm saying us the media. You know, listen. I, I'm not gonna lie to you. If 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 Sean, which who I texted actually last night because we're doing a college football special, mm-hmm. and I, I know he's kind of laying low right now until he makes these decisions, but. If Sean were to say, hey, Brent,
2: let's come on and announce uh, whether I'm opting in or opting out, I'm not turning him away. No, without a doubt. Now, if Sean was going to donate some of the proceeds from the commercials from that episode to go out to the, like, the Boys and Girls Club, then by all <laughs> means. But <laughs> then by all means, LeBron James, right? But th- this is, I guess, what kind of drives me crazy a little bit. And it's with, the, it's with the recruiting day. It's with the signing day. It's with everything, man. And this is the same case here. Just put it out on Instagram. Just 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 type a nice little letter, say this is what you're gonna do, and so be it. And I get what you're saying, well whose fault is it? You know, is it the player's fault or is it the media's fault? It's kinda like what came first, chicken or the egg. You know, I can make an argument for both sides. Obviously the media has to cover it because it's big news. But if you're the player like and this is what listen, I'm not sure if my son's gonna want to play college football or not, but if he does, I'm gonna tell him right here. If you're in high school, you have the opportunity to go get a scholarship someplace, and it's a big deal and people are want. Put it on Twitter, okay? Just announce it on Twitter. We're not doing these highlight videos. We're not going to do these cap ceremonies. No. You're just going to low-key say where you're going to go, or Dad's going to disown you. Hey, Simple R- as hey, that. Hey,
0: Ronan, come talk to Uncle Brent.
2: <laughs> Agent we'll put Brent. you on CBS yep. 47, Fox See, 30. and that's exactly why on draft day, Brent's going to be at the head table. I'm either back. <laughs> I, I'm either <even> nosebleeds. <laughs> that's my son, and Brent's giving my son a hug down at the head table. Don't let that guy in here. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Uh, <laughs> that's but, hilarious. Yeah, but at the end of the day, I mean, listen it's the way things are and I understand that but just you can just put it on Twitter just type a nice little letter.
0: Well it goes along a couple of things that I think about a lot. We do our Friday night Blitz show of course on TV have been for years and years and it's one of the most fun things we do we love doing it Uh and we started this Blitz scoreboard show again tomorrow night uh, the second show at 9 o'clock tomorrow right here on ESPN 690 and on Facebook and YouTube and Twitter and Twitch and so it's a cool new scoreboard show for an hour leading into our TV stuff on Friday nights and, and we're really having fun with it but We've come to a point in our coverage where, like, if you had 10, 15 years ago, maybe even five years ago, people would be like, hey, thanks for coming out. Hey, we really wish you could come out. To now, like, why didn't you come out? Why aren't you here?
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: So we have actually set that standard as an industry to say now, like, people – and I'm not saying that across the board, by the way, but you get my point. People are, like, disappointed when you don't – didn't get that highlight on or didn't do this or didn't do that. Before, it was like – Oh, that's the greatest thing ever! You know, <laughs> yeah. and now it's now it's just everybody takes it for granted. Yeah. Um, it's what I tweeted about the other day. I said I, I see so many of these kids that commit, mm-hmm. and I see so many, in, at least in the baseball world, they commit and they they, they uh, give credit to their travel team mm-hmm. that they've played on. Well, I say, why can't you give credit to your high school too? Like, I understand high school. Ball in in all sports isn't what it used to be because of the travel stuff. Listen, I live in that world. I just still don't understand. I still think there are a lot of high school coaches that help that out. I don't understand why you can't give a nod to your high school, still have some loyalty to your high school, a little pride in your high school. And I guess – to some people, that pride has gone away because people bounce around now and transfer and all that stuff. But right. I still think for a lot of people, there's pride in their hometown school and the colors they wear. Without and, a doubt. and you see it on Friday nights. I mean, we see that with football. There's a lot of pride. That's why we love doing it, and that's mm-hmm. why everybody likes Friday nights. So I – I almost get turned off by some of that. It's a little get off my lawn, I guess, but sure. I'm gonna do the same thing. Like, hey, if my kids ever get a chance to go get a scholarship or commit or something like that, say, Hey, make sure you mention your high school in there too. It's, the it's okay thing, to mention well, it's okay yeah. to mention the travel team. Sure. It's okay to mention all the coaches that helped you along the way. I yeah. just don't understand why they dismiss the the high school part of it. I mean yeah. it's part of the journey. In
2: yeah. my opinion. Well, I mean, it, it helps shape you, right? It's not only, obviously, the journey in terms of sports, but also your journey in becoming a, a, a man or just a, a, an adult in general. So I agree with you.
0: Now, Kuz just left. <laughs> he did. As, I think as we're about to do the wall that says it all.
2: Okay, cool. Um,
0: So he must have ran out of patience with us. It's all good. On the wall. That says uh,
2: I, well, I'm sure Kuz is fed oh. up with, you know, the, those national signing days and those guys announcing their decisions, too,
0: yeah. uh, on video. So how about this, though? I, I will ask you, because I brought up Sean Wade. Yeah. Does he opt back in?
2: I mean, would you opt back in? You know this kid a lot better than I do, Brent. Right? I mean, you, you you've you've covered this kid now for for a while, so you definitely know probably the, more to the answer than I do. I'm gonna say though, I assume this kid loves the game of football. I assume this kid's a gamer. He plays a position where, yeah, I mean, injuries happen all regardless of position. Knock on wood for him, obviously, but I just think that with the excitement now—it seems like with the Big Ten coming back, you know, maybe with some unfinished business of the—the the feeling last year, the Buckeyes obviously uh, came a little short from going to the national championship game. I think he does come back. What do you think?
0: Yeah, I—I uh, I think he's coming back. Yeah. Um. First of all, I don't know. What well, I mean, if they were to have a press card, like an announcement, if he didn't come back, that's the thing, right? Yeah. I mean, why would you announce? <laughs>
2: I'm, do- I'm going to stay opted out. <laughs> uh, by the way, I'm doing the exact same thing I was doing before, guys.
0: <laughs> thanks, thanks for coming on everybody. We'll see you later. Hey, uh, coming out at 410, we have a big announcement on the show. Uh, we're going to do the show until 6 o'clock tonight. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Literally nothing has changed. Yeah, so I think he is coming back.
0: Yeah, yeah. I think so, too. Yeah. So uh, we'll see if it happens. All right. Coos is back. Hey! Let's see if he can handle all this. Uh, but the wall that says it all is back. It's back, baby. So will give you a little background, because yep. we, we know we have some new listeners from all over the world. <laughs> I'm going to do a roll call soon again. Uh, but... We uh, last year had Austin go down to the TV studios and on our big wall that we have, we call it the BAM wall, uh, but uh, we call it the wall that says it all. It's very intimidating, by the way, too. It's a big wall. And so we uh, Marcel Robinson and Stuart Weber uh, build out these graphics and and, uh, screen grabs from the game from the TV broadcast Mm -hmm. after you ask them to and tell them which ones you'd like. And then you describe the play, essentially. And that's what we did last year. And because of the video platforms, we can showcase that. We can show you. And, uh, we try to utilize that. Now, if you're listening on ESPN 690 in your car, ESPN690.com, tune in app, uh, we'll, we'll try to have a little candy to your ears as well, I guess, mm-hmm. uh, and make sure we're, uh, aware of that. It's mm-hmm. not just an illustration, but we'll paint the picture the best we can. So that's the little background. Let's do this for the next 10 minutes or so. And, the wall that says it all begins with one of the first plays of the game. I think it's the first offensive play of the game yeah. that you're going to showcase James Robinson getting the
2: handoff. Correct. And check this out. If you're watching this on your cell phone, apologies. <laughs> Cause it's it's kind of tiny. The, the screen. You watch it? I got to talk about it here.
0: Yeah, so you want to break it down, but we're but good. People we people it. to that.
2: Yeah, we got it. That's got fine. It. Okay, so check this out. All right. People so good eyes. Brent, it's, it's the first play for the Jaguars' drive here, right? And we're talking 7-0, Colts already score. How do you respond? It's supposed to be Gardner Minshew's year, and what happens? We see a fullback. We see Bruce Miller. We see an I-formation. One would think you see an I-formation, that's going to be a run, right? Well, ding, 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 it was a run. But the reason I want to highlight this here, so we have an I-5... Fi- I formation right now, and we have LaVisca Chenault in motion. All right? Now, this is a designed motion for one reason. They're counting on LaVisca Chenault to help out with this block if it comes on the back side. Right? So now let's fast forward a little bit to the second screen here. Second screen here, you can see James Robinson supposed to hit his hole on the right side. Unfortunately, Andrew Norwell gets turned around a little bit, and that hole is gone. We've heard uh, Doug Marone. We've heard everyone talk about James Robinson's vision. Well, he showcases it here, his very first NFL rep of his career. Keep in mind, no preseason games. So James Robinson feels pressure, immediately goes to plan B. Plan B is to bounce it in the opposite direction, away from where the play is supposed to be blocked to. This is where LaVisca Chenault comes in now. LaVisca Chenault, you know, squats 550. I've been very adamant about how strong this guy is and how much of a physical freak this guy is. He's the terminator, for crying out loud. Right, so LaVisca Chenault comes down in motion, takes up his guy, and guess what? This play right here in screen cap number two, it shows you a lot of who Chenault is as a player because he thinks right now this play is going backside, meaning this play is going away from him. 99.9% of the wide receivers on this play would not block this up. Why? Because there's no reason for him to block it up. The play is going backside. Why should I block this guy up? I'm a prima donna. I'm a wide receiver. Come on, man. Just throw me the ball. I'm not blocking here. Who am I? Marquis Lee? Get out of here. Well, with that being said, Chanel takes it upon himself to dominate this receiver. And in doing so, James Robinson cuts backside, actually comes to Chanel's side, Chanel blocks it up, and it's a gain of about probably six or seven yards off the very first play, simply because of two things. The vision of James Robinson and the stick of LaVisca Chenault.
0: LaVisca Chenault, by the way, I don't know what this count is like uh, on the bingo card as a good
2: block. You know what? It, it wasn't a pancake block. Yeah. Okay, first, once again, first play of his NFL career. Okay, next time we we'll see a pancake block of this guy, I know we hold you to a very high standard here in ESPN six ninety. <laughs> it is what it is, though. But uh, but a great block nonetheless from a wide receiver. But
0: isn't that a great illustration right off the rip of what he can do? Even though we're not watching, like I would have had no idea. Correct. Like, that was him. Yeah. I, I mean, I wouldn't know that was part of his game plan. And say, oh, oh, let's go back to play one. But Jay Gruden probably notices that. Yeah. You know, Doug Marone notices that. Like, hey, man, we got our as a willing blocker. We knew that when we drafted this guy. This guy loves to be physical. And great vision, again, by Robinson. That's one of the big things. That's what everybody saw. The knock on Fournette, can he just hit the hole? Stop dancing. Hit Mm -hmm. the hole. Well, I think we saw James Robinson hit the hole, but we also saw some pretty darn good vision out of that young man on Sunday.
2: So this showed us, to me, it showed us a lot of things, obviously, but it showed us two big things. Number one, it showed us that Doug Marone was, was right in terms of James Robinson's vision. This is the first play of his NFL career. And and he has success with it. And also it shows us what type of players right now that Jaguars have on this team with Chenault, right? Like I just said, guys don't want to finish that block. Guys don't really care about that block. Chenault finished it, they have success, and they keep the drive rolling from there.
0: All right. Uh, we're going to get into play number two here, uh, which is coming up in just a short time as uh, as Kuz will will shift
2: it over. We're, we're all good. I think we got it.
0: Oh, it's already up there? It's up there. Oh, how about that? Yeah. Uh, the feed's a little bit behind on mine.
2: I got you. Okay. I mean, this is play number two, right? I'm looking at it right now. I, I hope it is. We're going yeah.
0: C.J. Henderson.
2: We're going C.J. Henderson, right? So we talked about it before on the show a little bit, Brent, after the Colts game. What was C.J. Henderson's big red flag coming out of college? Well, I think it's the red flag of
0: a lot of. Uh, secondary folks corners, right now, listen if I'm being honest, the knock on like say Jalen Ramsey was his hands. he had uh, none or one interception in college, and that was it, so yeah. people were like, "Hey, what are his ball skills that's not the knock on c j henderson yep. he 's got ball skills, but you, what you're referring to is his inability to tackle yep. or his inconsistency in tackling that was a knock didn't show up in game one like that,
2: yeah, so here we got the colts it's third and four right now. they have the ball um you know on the Jaguar side of the field. Fourth quarter, seventeen seventeen. This is a big drive right here for the Colts, right? Can they regain momentum? We're getting we're tied right now against the Jacksonville Jaguars. I thought they're tanking for Trevor. What's happening? We gotta convert on this score. Well what happens here? Let's check it out. So if you go to the first box here, the top left corner, you see it just as a standard spread formation, right? So obviously it's gonna be a pass coming out here. Rick kind of drew this one up, and what we see here is we see Zone coverage, okay? So instead of going man right now in third and four, we got zone coverage. The thing with zone coverage, as we saw last year, Brent, if you do not communicate zone coverage, you have some problems. Keep in mind right now who is playing in this Jaguar secondary. It's an extremely, extremely young team right so with that being said let's go to slide number two now so as you go to slide number two we see shallow crossing routes right this is this is a pretty standard you know route tree let's just say um in terms of how you want to expose zone coverage especially on short yardage like a third and four paris campbell runs underneath paris campbell is a very capable receiver very shifty very fast runs underneath and he's wide open essentially right and if you see the screen number two, it's like, all right, well this guy's wide open right now. Pass rush is okay, but Philip Rivers has a lot of time in the pocket. Hey, just and just dump it off. And he's got a clean pocket. So just dump it off to Paris Campbell. Let's go ahead and get a first down and let's keep going. Slide number three. And this is where CJ Henderson comes up huge. Right? We 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 praise CJ Henderson for getting that interception. That was fantastic, but I can't say this enough his on the field vision of how he handles this uh this zone coverage right here. Let's go back to slide number two one second. So if you notice on slide number two, C.J. Henderson right now, who was on the, the you know the, the far sideline right now. Yep. He has his eyes outside the numbers, on right? Paris Campbell. Outside the numbers, has his eyes on Paris Campbell. But he also has another receiver running, which kind of looks like a fly route, let's call that, right? So essentially right now, he's like that basketball player who's trying to get in the middle of two guys on a fast break, and he's trying to take up as much space as possible. He's not trying to tip where his eyes are just because he doesn't want to give it away, right? Don't want to give up that layup. Don't want to give up that dunk. This is a big play. This is third and four right now. So C.J. Henderson essentially slow plays this with his eyes, right? Because if he was going to jump on Paris Campbell... That fly rod is wide open. Phil Rivers hits him in stride, and it's 88 and out the gate. Doesn't do that. He slow plays this to the very last second. What happens? Phil Rivers sees C.J. Henderson. He dumps it underneath the Paris Campbell. It still should be a first down. C.J. Henderson comes up, makes the play. Great tackle. Head on the outside, where even if you miss the tackle with your head on the outside, that assures you that the guy's got to bounce back inside where all your support's going to be, and the Jaguars get off the field uh, the next play after this, I think.
0: Yeah, so that was obviously a huge play in that game because they kicked the field goal yeah uh, going into that. And so now it's 20 to 17 and it puts the Jaguars in a position to go down and get the winning score. Well, what we'll would assume, what would eventually be, yeah. uh, the winning score. it's so, still pretty early in the fourth. So
2: one but. thing about this play though, and what do I take away from it? Obviously, it's a tackling ability of CJ Henderson. We have to praise that. But also, it's the savviness of CJ Henderson. Whenever you have a rookie corner or a rookie safety playing in his very first game and you ask him to play zone coverage, there's panic. Okay, there's panic because your eyes are telling you one thing, your head's in a beehive, and you go with your instincts. C.J. Henderson's instincts right here told him, you know what? I see what's transpiring, but I got to take my time. I got to relax a little bit, and you know, you know how he is. He gets two hours of sleep a night, so he must be plenty <laughs> relaxed right now. So I, I got to relax a little bit. I got to calm down. I have to diagnose what I'm seeing, and then I respond to it like a bullet out of a gun at the very last second. That's exactly what he did here. A great play, a great tackle. All
0: right, it's Kuz on uh, play number three. We're well, on play
2: number three right now, All right. And, and I'm also staring at myself, which is really there's like two Austin lanes on the screen right now, which is that's. That's creepy. Yeah, that is a lot of Austin it's Lane a lot right of Austin Lane, that right <laughs> That's
0: right. Yeah. Uh, the wall that says it all continues here at Action Sports Shacks on ESPN 690. Brent Martin of Austin Lane. And we're diagnosing a few plays from last Sunday's game. We do this. And if you're watching on the video feeds, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and Twitch, you can see the illustrations of what Austin is talking about. And hopefully we're painting a picture if you're in your car and just listening to the show, which we appreciate you doing as well. The next play you're going to show me is what I asked for you to do. Special request. Because I think... Right here. This was the most underrated play of the football game, Mm -hmm. number one. Mm -hmm. And number two, this showcases... We've got a guy in Jacksonville behind center that can make plays. And when you say or when I say make plays, you're going to think, OK, what do he do with his feet? He escaped the pocket. He escaped the rush. That's not what I'm talking about. He did this with his arm. It was a simplistic play in the box score. Mm-hmm. I thought it was a huge play in the football game because I'm going to tell you why. It's third and two on the 39 yard line of Indy. Jaguars have driven the ball. They're down 24-20. There's seven minutes to go in the game.
2: And then this play happens. So here, and listen, Gardner Minshew had a fantastic game. We can't take that away from him. What I was watching, though, in this game with Gardner Minshew was, did he take steps from last year, and did he make strides? This play right here, um, it encapsulates. Is that a word? It's going to be a word today. Um, basically, it, it wraps up just the strides, the improvement, and the confidence that Garner Minshew has made since his rookie campaign here. If we go to the first slide, we see another, what's, what's this? An I-formation again, Brent. What, who are we? The 2017 Jacksonville Jaguars? Love the fullback. Yeah, love the fullback. Love some Bruce Miller. Jay Gruen, welcome on board. So with that being said, once again, I-formation, you got to think run, right? Well, so do the Colts. Play action. As you can see from the Colts' reaction right now on slide number one, they think the run's coming. Yeah, they right? over-pursue. Much of their surprise. It's going to be a quarterback rollout. It's going to be a quarterback rollout featuring Bruce Miller. This where it helps to have, obviously, a receiving fullback. That Listen, a fullback job is one thing. It's to block for your running back. But every once in a while, if you want to get creative a little bit, if you want to you know keep that defense honest, you put that dude out uh, on a passing route, let's just say. So Gardner Minshew, slide number one, fakes the handoff, quarterback rollout. Now, who does he have staring him down? He's got Archie, number 96. I don't know, 6'6", six, six, 300 pounds, uh, Danico Archer, I believe his name is. Listen, I'm 6'6 six, six myself, and if a 6'6 six, six guy is staring me down and running me down at full speed, I'm going to flinch. Sorry, and, and, I, and I fight in a cage for living, I'm still going to flinch. Well, let's just say I'm only two inches shorter yeah. than Gardner Minshew, maybe <laughs> an inch
0: and a half, yeah. and so that's like you running at me.
2: Yeah, so, this, so I'm running. So this is where it comes in right now, yeah? Gardner Minshew has to give this time, uh, this play time to develop, right? Bruce Millers is kind of running an out route right now, but he has to give him time to get open. A rookie quarterback, a first year quarterback, would have probably struck this ball at the ground, would have probably took the sack because you're literally staring down the barrel of a gun right now. You have a guy who is probably two times as big as you running straight at your face and your instincts tell you danger, danger, danger. Gardner Minshew doesn't think that. And you're in no-mistake territory because exactly. you're down by
0: three, and you're at the 39 where you could kick a 56-yard field goal potential.
2: Exactly. Good call. Good call. So with that being said, what does Gardner Minshew do? He looks down the barrel and says, I got this. I'm calm, cool, collected. Bring it on. So he, he allows the time for uh, for uh Miller to get open, and he side-arms this ball. Right? He literally stands in the pocket, expecting to get hit, and sides on this ball. This reminds me of Brett Favre. This is, this is a Brett Favre's MO all day. You know, the, the backyard football that we've kind of talking about a little bit with Garner Minshew. Literally just stares down the barrel, lets the play develop, and at the last second, when it's still safe, throws the ball sidearmed and, has the completion. Now, Bruce Moe does a great job of taking a tackler with him, converting that first down, but it's a testament to just how confident, how poised Gardner Minshew is in the pocket, only for a second-year guy.
0: It was a two-yard pickup, and Mm -hmm. by the way, a little curious that maybe they didn't even try to review that play or take a look, at it it kind of, that. I don't know how If that was really a first down or not, I'd have to see another replay of it, at least from where I was sitting. But after that, they had the five-yard loss to James Robinson, but it was a face mask penalty. So that was the next play. And then the play after that was the game-winning touchdown to Keelan Cole. Mm -hmm. So that's why this was such a huge play. What would Doug Marone have done with seven minutes to go in the game, six minutes to go in the game, down by three and kicking a potential 56-yarder with Lambeau? Would he have kicked it or punted deep? I guess he would have kicked it and tried to tie the game up. That's how big of a play this was. You yep. think about clutch plays. You think about the Keelan Cole throw and the, and the cashed in. To me, this was it. And this also is a guy in Gardner Minshew that people say, hey, what's one of his deficiencies? He's small. Mm-hmm. smaller as mm-hmm. a quarterback well that means batted down passes and passing lanes he creates a lane here and we've seen guys over the last handful of years Blake Bortle's got more passes batted down Chad Henney had a lot of passes batted down well this guy finds lanes finds a way to make it happen does that little sidearm thing yeah. and he gets it to Miller it was such a big play in my opinion such a crafty play uh, by Gardner Minshew on top of all the other stuff that you mentioned of keeping his composure in yeah. a big moment well
2: and that's the biggest thing right like yes, the, the, the throw is obviously impressive. He sidearms it. Obviously, if he throws it straight, Autry bats that down. It's fourth down. You're probably going to be punting the ball, kicking a very long field goal with Josh Lambeau. That's impressive. But the most impressive thing, I'll reiterate this one more time. It's the fact that if you you go back and watch this play, and look at slide number three right now, it's the fact that he stood in the pocket knowing that the defender was batting down on him, and he did not even blink, Brent. He literally sidearmed it and said, all right, let's go. Let's go to work first down. There's veteran quarterbacks out there that can't even do this, right? Because it's your body's natural instinct when someone's running at you to put two hands on the ball, take that sack, or throw it away and you know live to see another day. That's not Gardner Minshew's M.O. He wants to extend plays. He wants to make things happen. He's playing backyard football, and man, is it fun to watch. And still made a good decision as
0: well, and the Jaguars uh, had 19-20 throwing the football with Gardner Minshew, and by the way, Bruce Miller is one of 10 receivers who caught passes out of those 19 completions. That's the wall that says it all. What a good debut here in 2020 because... Jaguars got the W in three crucial plays that we're telling you about that were necessarily highlight real plays. Yeah. That's what Austin does. We'll try to do that every Thursday. The wall that says it all on Action Sports Shacks on ESPN six night.
2: It's just so great. not having to break down why they didn't stop the run. You know, like that, that was like the wall that says it all last year, like 10 times. Well, yeah. That's what we had to do. Hopefully you didn't have no feel We want to do that next week. <laughs> I know, man. It'll be a big test. We'll see. Uh, we certainly will. Uh, we got a cool story coming
0: up next and uh, uh, something that you can do to get involved here in the city of Jacksonville. That is on the way. Plus, we'll get back to more football talk. Give you an update on the U.S open as well it's still on the way here on a thursday action sports jacks on espn 690
2: austin lake the rock out of nowhere buys the xfl during a pandemic mind you goes half in with his ex-wife so now you're going to visit with your ex-wife brent martino
0: i don't know if that's on the business advice list action sports jacks on espn 690 Welcome back everybody. Thursday on Action Sports Shacks on ESPN six ninety. A couple days away from the Jags and Titans. Looking forward to that one. A lot of stuff coming up by the way. Uh we've got college football this weekend, college football special tomorrow night on T V at seven o'clock. We're working on that on the T V side. Another edition of the Blitz. We have our second week of the Blitz scoreboard show tomorrow night at 9 right here on ESPN 6.9. A lot of fun stuff happening, uh, which is cool. Uh, everybody's trying during the pandemic, right? We just did our golf tournament, uh, Action Sports Shack Stream 18, on Monday out there at Southampton. Had a lot of fun. But, uh, you know, the charities that we support, you can tell they're hurting in 2020. You know, there's a lot of folks that aren't doing great and, and try so much to give back to the community. And I always give this example. Just take the Players' Championship, for instance. They give back $9 million a cent a year, to so many of these charities and support them in so many different ways, but they didn't have the tournament this year. So uh, there's a lot of different things that folks are doing, and one of the best uh, charitable organizations here in this area is Dreams Come True, and I'm sure you've heard about Dreams Come True in the past, but uh, ever since 1984, uh, they've fulfilled the dreams of more than 4,000 local children battling life-threatening illnesses, and they're trying to come up with new ways to make that work because I think they've had, uh, over 50 dreams that have had to been put on hold this year because of travel. Sure. Right? Because what they do is hook you up with whether you want to go maybe somewhere in California or, uh, or even Disney or something like that. So, uh, but they're still trying to raise funds, uh, this year and they're starting up, uh, September 26th through October 18th, a virtual 5K it uh, costs 25 bucks all registration fees donations and funds go to dreams come true and by the way they'll be matched up to $100,000 so it's a big deal. They get up to a hundred thousand dollars people registering, running a virtual five K, uh go for a few miles and, and put your twenty five bucks in and gonna get matched a hundred thousand dollars worth. So uh that can quickly become two hundred thousand. So that would be very cool. So uh if you can do that, that would be great. Uh the website is uh make dot dot org uh slash twenty twenty. I hope I have that right, but org slash 2020. And right now, we are joined by Alan Robertson, who is a big fan of running, and is going to get in this, uh, uh, help support this 5K and give us some more information on it, and also is a dreamer, and I think just had some really good news on your scans uh, because you've had six brain surgeries, and I'm going to let you tell the story, Alan, but uh, did you get some good news this week?
1: Yes, I got fantastic news with my MRI. I got clean MRI scans after I think about four months and I'm just truly happy about that. Awesome
0: That's stuff. Awesome. Uh, hey, thanks for jumping in with us too here on Action Sports Jackson ESPN 690. Sorry for the long intro to keep you waiting. Uh, but, uh, <laughs> what, give us, uh, give us the background, uh, if you could, uh, your story, uh, which obviously after this week and those MRI results is, is becoming quite the story and, and a very good one, um, in terms cool. of the comeback.
1: Um, well, in March of 2018, I was diagnosed with a mixed germ cell brain tumor which is in the middle of my brain, which is kind of crazy. I had six brain surgeries, six rounds of chemo, and 40 treatments of radiation. After all of that treatment, I had eight months of physical and cognitive therapy at um, a rehab center in Jacksonville, and I'm just living life right now, enjoying every single moment.
0: Yeah, we saw the video, uh, with your mom and you and, uh, it's like four minute video on YouTube. And obviously you guys have a great spirit about you and, uh, you especially got a lot of fight in you. How, how, what kept you motivated, man? How motivated have you been to kind of reach this point, right? Where you get that test and you go for another test and, and you've got a clean scan after all that you've been through.
1: Well, I was an athlete before I was a runner and I just thought of like, The cancer treatment as a race, you got to go after one mile, go to the second mile, go to the third mile. You got to continue pushing yourself.
2: Well, and now, and I love that too about you, man, cause you're an athlete and I'm a former, uh, current athlete too myself, but as far as running is concerned, man, anything over two miles, and, I, and I'm done, man, I, I just can't do it. <laughs> I, 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 I just wasn't made for that type of style, but I know you, you, you do cross country, you've done cross country, you've done track and field and everything, like, what were, like, I guess what did you take, besides what you just said, but what did you take out of that cross country, like, Take us through your mindset a little bit of having to go through treatment after treatment and, you know, the recovery process and everything. Like, how did you really use running to help you out here?
1: I would talk to myself emotionally and motivate myself with positivity. I'd tell myself, I can do this. I got this. I can push through it. Just motivating yourself to do anything in life.
2: And was it, did you find itself kind of, because I assume like once you went through all these chemotherapies and all these treatments, I'm sure it was hard to start to run again and everything like that. I mean, were you able to kind of create, you know, body movement the whole time? Because I know like once you get running and everything and then you, and then you stop for a while, that can take a toll not only on your body, but also on you, you know, in your mind as well. So like, were you still able to stay active through this whole process or did you kind of have to take it easy a little bit?
1: I had to take it easy for a little bit after a few surgeries, but I was I was determined to the to the bone. I wanted to get back to running, and I just believed that I could do anything.
0: Alan Robertson with us, uh, one of the dreamers that dreams come true. And uh, did I have it right? Six brain surgeries, man. Yes, unbelievable yeah. uh, ordeal. So happy for you that things have come out on this side, and you're doing so well and keeping up the fight and, and uh, incredible courage. Uh, September 26th through October 18th. Uh, basically for a good, what, what is that, three weeks or so? Uh, folks can go to, I just tweeted this out, uh, a, a link to it, uh, make.dreamscometrue.org slash 2020 slash 2020 Sign up for a virtual 5K, and a lot of these races have been done around the country now. And re- running is one that you can do. It's a great yeah. idea. Twenty-five dollar uh, entry fee. All registration fees, donations, funds uh, through Dreams Come True will be matched up to a hundred thousand dollars. That's an important part of it. So get involved if you can, and uh, you'd go at your own pace. You know, just uh, do yeah. what you want to do, and and that's what you're trying to do, right, Alan? Just encourage people to get out there, sign up, have some fun with it. And, uh, yeah. and probably share a lot of pictures and stories and everything along the way.
1: Get out there, have fun, and do something for a good cause.
2: That's awesome, man. So, obviously, you know, you being an athlete, you being a very avid, you know, runner and everything like that, I mean, you've had to set goals for yourself now, right? Like, you just got um, probably some of the best news of your entire life. Like, what are some goals now for you for the future? Like, what else do you want to accomplish um, in terms of not only, I'm sure, doing marathons, things like that, but things outside of, of your sport as well?
1: Outside of the sport, I want to pursue physical therapy, so hopefully I get my physical therapy degree in the future and just many other things like owning a house, getting a car, all of that.
0: That's good stuff, man. You're on your way. We appreciate uh, you taking the time with us here on Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690, spreading the word. Uh, by the way, Austin, for you, a 5K might be a little too much, you said. Yeah, so, yeah. uh One mile fun run is in there. Done.
2: Let's yeah. get Oh, okay, yeah. I, mean, I can get that all day. Okay. I can go to treadmill and do that one real quick. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, There's
0: no rush to the
1: race.
2: Remember that. <laughs> I like that, man. I appreciate that. Hey, I need to hear that, man. I needed to hear that. <laughs> hey, Alan,
0: thanks for uh, taking the time. Uh, continued success, man. Uh, so happy for you that things have uh, come out on this side and and keep fighting, keep battling, keep living, and and uh, get running over the next few weeks. Thank you so much. You bet, I'll Alan. For y'all, you got it. That's Alan Robertson uh, from Dreams Come True, and we appreciate uh, him jumping in uh, again. Dreams Come True. Really, since I've been in town, unbelievable. Uh, organization, what they do, and if you're not familiar with them, look them up, but if you can go to slash uh, 2020 and donate and go run a 5K and participate, it'll be a big deal for them and everybody involved as everybody tries to find a way uh, during the pandemic to raise some money. Good people over there at Dreams Come True and heck of a story uh, with Alan and all he uh, has been through. That's September 26th to October 18th. We just tweeted it out org slash 2020. We'll be back talk a little bit more on the sports front. U.S. Open we will give you an update on the leaderboard. Got an hour left. We'll talk some football, some more. What will end up happening with college football? And Sean Wade set to announce whether he's opting in or staying out. My guess is in, but that's coming up at 5 o'clock as well. It's all in the way on ESPN 690.
2: But I know this year, man, we fight for each other, man. We fight for, we fight together and uh, we play for each other. And with him doing that, we just had momentum. And now we just, we knew nobody can really run with us. Nobody can really stop with us. And ever since then, you know, we play together. We don't play individual uh, reps and it's just excited. And I was happy for him. And uh, hopefully we'll make many more plays like that. But yes, it was a turning point for us.
0: That is Josh Allen. Jaguars second-year star captain talking about the fourth down play with Avery Jones. Tell you, it's, uh, it's it can be get carried away with the storyline, so you got to be a little careful. But it is eye popping that the two bona fide leaders on this football team, in my opinion, from the outside looking in, mm-hmm. are second-year players. This is Gardner Minshew's team. You saw it in the locker room after the game. I think you can see it and feel that here in town. And quite frankly, if it's not his, it's Josh Allen's team. And obviously, they play on two different sides of the ball, so it can they can do both. Uh, but, I mean, Josh Allen, it, it just continues to impress. It just feels like a 10-year vet. I mean, it, if it was Calais, if it was just his makeup to begin with, who knows? Maybe it's a combination. But, uh I mean, you ask – it's almost like you ask Josh Allen for a progress report on everybody. <laughs> yeah. yeah <laughs> you know? Yeah. And uh, he's – yeah, he, he was talking about Taven Bryan today. Yeah, complimenting Taven and Bryan and, and what he sees from him. And um, I tell you, it's, it's Chaos, pretty, I think he
2: said, right? Chaos in the backfield?
0: Yeah. Well, he's, he said – yeah, he wreaks havoc, I think is ha- what he I'm said. Yeah. yeah, wreaks havoc. So it is. it's pretty – I think it's pretty wild, that part of it. That's a cool thing to see. Uh, these guys are going to – you know, Josh Allen's going to be around for a long, long time. I yeah. mean, our, obviously Gardner's got a lot riding on this year, but, uh, it's, it's something now for the, a young football team to have these two guys as second year players feel like they're five or six year players. I guess that's what I'm, I'm really getting into. And it's worth noting. I mean, that win or lose last week, that, that doesn't have anything to do with the win necessarily. Um, but you can just feel that. That's real. And, uh, that's happened here in Jacksonville for, uh, good or bad, um, better or worse. As they say, uh, Brent Martineau, Austin Lane, Coos, a uh, little U.S. Open for a moment. Tiger Woods three over. He had made a bunch of putts, which doesn't happen for Tiger Woods lately. Mm. Uh, and he made five birdies on the day, I believe. And then just kind of faltered down the stretch, had a bogey and a double bogey coming home. And she could have been even par with even par at the U.S. Open. And you'd sign up. You wouldn't even play. If I could say, hey, Austin, you'd be even par at winged foot first round, you would say, okay, I'll see you Friday. Yeah, yeah. I mean, everybody would do that. Now, Justin Thomas, it's playing a little bit, a little bit. I hate to say easier, but Justin Thomas, uh, five under, and, um, some guys are at four under. Let's see if I can get the, uh, rest of the, the scoreboard up, but Rory McElroy had a nice round of three under. Patrick Reed was four under, by the way. Uh, Bryson DeChambeau, two under. He's out on the course. So there are some good scores out there. But Tiger being even would have been really good. Uh, Dustin Johnson's two over, best player in the world right now, no doubt about it. He was the odds-on favorite by a, by a lot, I think, and he's two over par. Jordan Spieth finished three over par. Morikawa, who won the PGA Championship, six over par. So you better bring your game, man. Yeah. And it's the the rough is really thick, and it's a tough, tough, tough golf course. I actually played that golf course back in two thousand and six, but I couldn't. Uh, I mean, for them, it's a tough golf course. Yeah. Like a lot of golf courses are tough for me. Yeah. But it's it. I always say I think it's one of my top three hardest golf courses I've ever played. Really, like the first hole there alone, I remember it being like, oh my gosh, this thing's a
2: beast. What do you think's the hardest that you played? Uh,
0: that's a very good question. It might be the hardest. Yeah, to be honest with you, I mean, I've played. It depends how bad you played sometimes.
2: Well, yeah, it's got something <laughs> to do with it as well. But I'm saying like you you pull up, you, you hear stories, you, you go to the first tee box. Like, which one are you most nervous about? Mm-hmm. So does not playing Augusta, because that's obviously historic. but Yeah, but you know I wouldn't even, would even say that. Like, if yeah. people
0: who played Augusta wouldn't put it in, like, their yeah. artist. Yeah. I mean, it's obviously quirk. But T to green, it's not. Mm-hmm. Uh, even for, like, an amateur player, there's a lot of room, actually. Yeah. So, it's a good question. Yeah. I played a couple. Like, I played Harding Park. I thought that was pretty tough. It's kind of narrow fairways and gnarly grass around the greens. I also played Tory Pines. There it is. A little humble brags going
2: on, yeah, right? A now. Yeah, humble brags. I was asking too, by the way, Santana Ortiz got beat last night by the best friends in a street fight for AEW. Great. It was a great match last night, everybody. The moral of the story is don't worry about
0: Tiger, okay? It's all about the Masters. Got to get the game in form, hopefully makes the cut, plays. He wasn't that far off today. He wasn't. Sounds like a bunch of excuses. He wasn't that far off. How many excuses can you use in one day? Tiger will be all right. Okay. When we come back, we talk some football. Sean Wade, is he going to play or not? What does the football world look like in college? Pac-12 coming back? Mountain West? Is everybody going to play? Uh,
2: if they can afford it. Yeah. Keep in mind, COVID testing is pretty
0: expensive. It can be. Yeah. Uh, plus, where is the NFL on COVID testing? I think they got some good news on that front overall. Mm-hmm. Also, second-year quarterbacks. A little report card on those guys after week one of the 2020 season. That's Gardner Minshew's class, by the way, and I know how he graded it out. It's coming up next on ESPN 6.9.